Pastor Rick comes and blesses us today. Put your hands together for Pastor Andre. Amongst all of these chords. Praise the Lord, everybody. Pray now nah, that didn't sound like a praise. That was kind of weak. Praise the Lord, everybody. I have I have a uh, I have such an excitement and such a newfound energy uh, just to have the opportunity to stand before the people of God as usual. Um, excuse me if I get a little excited um, because I really love God and um, I really love His people and um, I really love the plan that He has for His people. You know, God has an amazing plan for his people. And what do I mean by his people? I mean all creation. Everyone that exists on this planet, God has a plan. Say, God has a plan. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God has a plan for you. Turn to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, God has a plan for you. Come on, find one more neighbor and say, neighbor, God has a plan for you. Oh, come on, I like this. Why don't you put your hands together this morning? Just put your hands together and clap because God is so good. Hallelujah. I love the energy I feel in the room, and, and some people call it energy, but we know it's the spirit and the presence of God. Amen. And the presence of God comes with, a, with an energy, with a spirit. So I'm excited. So, uh. God's plan, God's plan. So I'm going to do a little recap for you. Um, last week, we started part one of the series, God's Plan, and our base scripture was Jeremiah chapter 29 and 11, and it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and an expected end, a future. Father, we just give you praise this morning for your word. We give you praise for your presence today. We pray, God, that you would meet the needs of your people today. Father, we put a demand on the word. We put a demand on your presence. Fill us today. Give us this day our daily bread and fill us, God. Fill us. You said if we do hunger and thirst after your righteousness, that you will fill us. So fill us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone say amen. So we spoke about God being the master architect of our lives. And it is in the mind of the architect where the plan starts. It's in the mind of the architect. So God's plan for our lives, right? He is the master architect. And that plan starts in the mind of the architect. In Jeremiah 29 and 11, he reassures us by saying, I know. Right? And I'm just doing a brief recap. I know. So I know the plans that I have for you is what he said. And when or if we don't know those plans, it is our responsibility to go to him, the architect, to find the plans so we can get the proper instructions on where, why, and how to build and construct our lives. A lot of times we find ourselves frustrated. Have you ever felt frustrated? Have you ever felt aggravated? Have you ever felt dissatisfied with life, with where you are? 
I know even in this time that we live in, there are a lot of people that are, that are just acting out. And that acting out is an act of frustration because people are frustrated. People are angry. People are not just angry because they want to be mad. People are not just frustrated because they just want to be frustrated. People want to know, why am I here? What am I here for? Whether or not they know that's why they're angry or frustrated or mad, that's really what it is. Everyone wants to know why. Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing Why I'm here? Some of us are aggravated. Some of us are disengaged in life because we want to know why are we here, right? So within us, deep down on the inside of us, there's an, an innate, intrinsic desire to line up with the will of God for our lives, whether we know it or not. So that's the, that. The, us being dissatisfied is a sign that there's something more. Us being frustrated is a sign that there is something more. Us feeling, uh, 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 us feeling um, 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 angry is a sign that there is something more. And that something more is the will of God. We all want the will of God. Whether or not we know it, doesn't matter if you're a believer or not, but we all want the will of God for our lives. So we concluded the message last week with Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, and I want you to write that down. And it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding, and in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct our path. So there has to be a level of trust and belief in God, the architect. And we can't lean on our plan, but we have to lean on his plan. And as we build, we have to continuously reverence, respect, and reference him and his plan so he can continue to guide and direct us on how to build our lives the way that he desired for us. Amen? So today we're going we're gonna to talk, um, we're going to come from Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, and I'm going to be quick. I'm going to be brief. This is going to be a drive-by, I promise you. So I'm not going to be up here a, a long time, right? So <laughs> which y'all It's going to be a drive-by. It's going to be, a, we're going to get right to the point, right to the point. So Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. So I ask for you all to get it if you have your Bibles. Or if not, you can just look to the beautiful screen right over here. Well, actually, it's on, oh, there we go. <laughs> okay, so it says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. And that's Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Now, this is God having a conversation with Jeremiah. And in this conversation, God is reassuring him as he reveals his plan to him and will for his life. And prophetically, this is God speaking to us at the same time. So we see him having a conversation with Jeremiah, and he's saying, before I knew you, you know, before I formed you in your belly, I knew you, and before that, he was speaking to Jeremiah, but he's still speaking to us today. So this is God speaking to each and every one of us today, 2019, June 2nd, 2019, at 1210. Right. This is God speaking to all of us. So I'm going to let's break down this 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 passage right here. So he says the first part says before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. 
So now let's do with the word form. The word formed means to bring together parts. It means to combine, to create. The word formed is synonymous with setting up, with establishing. It means to launch. It means to organize. It means to institute. It means to start. It means to begin. It means to initiate. It means to inaugurate. So this is God saying, listen, you were not an afterthought. You were not an afterthought. He said, I already knew the plan before you were formed in the belly. He said, I already knew the plan before you were established. I already knew the plan before you were launched. I already knew the plan before you were organized, before you were instituted, before you even began, before you were inaugurated. I already knew the plan. So you were not an afterthought. Before you were formed in the belly, God already knew what the plan was for your life. He didn't say, okay, now let me form you, and now let me find a place to put you. He said, no, 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 no. In the, remember, the plan starts in the mind of the architect. So God is the architect. So he already had your life figured out. He already had the plan laid out. He already had the schematics. Have you ever seen a, 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 a schematic, right? When an architect builds, they have, to, they have layers and they have one layer and then they put the other layer on and you kind of see the building from a different perspective. He already had the plans laid out before you were formed. Before you were a twinkle in your mother's eye. You were, before you were formed, God already had it planned out. And, and so this word formed, right, it takes me back to the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 7. And, 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 and when God was creating Adam, and so in Genesis 2 and 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. He formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. So it says, God formed the man of the dust of the ground. So before our mother knew our father, he already knew us. So it doesn't even matter how we got here. And see, here's the thing. Because sometimes I think some of us, we stress the fact how we got here. You were not an afterthought, and it doesn't matter how you got here. He said, before I formed you. Let's deal with that for a moment. So God is the one that formed us. So it doesn't matter how you got here because he said, before I formed you, I already had a plan. Some of us got here, our parents may not have been married. We may have been born out of wedlock. It doesn't matter because he said, I formed you. Y'all with me? He said, I formed you. So not only, he said before, he said, he said, I formed thee. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest out of the womb, I sanctified thee. So let's deal with the second part now. Actually, let me go back. He said, before I formed thee, right? So he's the one who formed us. He formed Adam from the dirt. And some of our parents weren't married. Like I said before, some of us were supposed to be aborted. Some of us were told that we were accidents. But God knew you before. God knew you before. So some of us may have heard our parents say, oh, you wasn't supposed to be born. You was an accident. Or, oh, you. before that, that doesn't matter because God is the one that formed you. 
It doesn't matter, right? Y'all with me? So God knew you before. So the second part, it says, before I formed thee in the belly, what? I what thee? I knew thee. So he knew you, and he knew the plan that he had for you before you were formed. Then he said, before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. So not only did he know us and the plan he had for us before we were formed, but before we were born out of the womb of our mother, he sanctified us. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says, According as he has chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy, right, meaning set apart, sanctified, and purpose-driven, and without blame before him. The word sanctified means to be set apart for a sacred purpose. So God said what? He said, before you came out of your mother's womb, I set you apart for a sacred purpose. So God didn't wait until you were born to say, oh, this is the, this is the purpose that I have for your life. He said, before you even came out, not only before you were formed, but before you even came out of your mother's womb, I had already set you apart for a specific purpose. What does the word sanctified mean? Sanctified means to be set apart for a sacred purpose. The word sanctified is synonymous with the word sanction. Sanction is a formal decree. Sanction is an allowance. Sanction is authorization. Sanction is clearance. Sanction means consent. Sanction means green light. Sanction means license. Sanction means permission. In other words, before you were born, I set you apart and gave you allowance and authorization to fulfill your purpose and my plan for your life. He said, I set you apart and gave you clearance. I set you apart and gave you consent. I set you apart and gave you the green light. I set you apart and gave you the license. I set you apart and gave you the permission to fulfill your purpose and my plan for your life in the earth. All of this before you came out the womb. All of this before. See, because what, what happens is that after we come out the womb, we use those things. Those are the things that usually define us. See, we deal with the things after the womb. After I come out the womb and I live my life and people tell me I ain't going to be nothing. After I come out the womb and I live my life and now I'm insecure because of some mistakes that I made. After I come out the womb and I'm walking and I'm trying to figure out where I'm going and I feel lost. So we usually deal with the after the womb things and we use those things to define who we are. When God said, listen, I had a plan before all of that. See, after the womb, after the womb, you know, I was born out of wedlock. That's after the womb. I have fears, insecurities, and, 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 and issues. That's after the womb. He said, but before you came out of the womb, so let's deal with the before. We got to go back to the before. This is the original plan. That's the original plan. Not the, not the results, because sometimes it's the results of the mistakes that we made that begin to define who we are. Sometimes it's the word curses that we speak to ourselves and that what other people have spoken to us that begin to shape and form who we are. But I'm here to tell you, it's not about your mistakes. Don't let your mistakes shape and form who you are. And it's hard. 
it's a, it's a challenge to not allow our mistakes to shape and form who we are because we live our lives. When no one is around us, we know what we do and what we don't do. So that's hard because we face ourselves each and every day. So it's hard to, 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 to decipher, you know, the, 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 what, what God said versus what we, what we are living. But this is why we have to go back to the plan. He said, before I knew thee in the belly, before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee. I ordain thee a prophet unto the nations. What does the word ordain mean? Ordain means to invest authority in. In other words, he's invested the authority in you to be his mouthpiece unto the nations. This is what he said to Jeremiah. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. So God has already given us everything that we need that pertains unto life and godliness. He has ordained us. He said, I ordain thee. He said, before you came out of the womb, not only did I sanctify you and set you apart, he said, but I've given you the authority. I've invested the authority in you that you need to do what I've called you here to do in the earth. He's invested in us the authority. He said, I ordained you. And a lot of times we think ordination only on the spiritual part where, you know, we got to do this whole ordination service and we got to get the robe and we got to, we got. He said, "Uh uh-uh, before you even came out of the womb, I've already ordained you. I've given you all the power that you need to do what I've called you to do here in the earth. And, and, and for a lot of us, this is a paradigm shift. This is a mind shift because it's easy for us to put the blame on other people or it's easy for us to step outside and, and feel like we don't have a part to play. But it's already in us. Peter, First Peter, he says, I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. So that means we already have it in us. We already have all the power that we need to be successful. The challenge is, how do we unlock that power? How do we access what God has already given us? Because remember, the plan is already created. So how do we tap into that plan? How do we access that plan? And that plan lies in the mind of the architect. I want us to remember something. He said to Jeremiah, he said, I ordain thee. So I've given you the power that you need to do what I've called you to do. But he didn't stop there. He said, I've ordained you, and I've ordained you to be what? A prophet, to be my mouthpiece. And then he said, not only to be my mouthpiece, but to be my mouthpiece unto the nations. See, I want to remind you today that God's plan for you is specific. It's not general. It's not just to exist. It's not just to drift by life. It's not just to live and just be here and be mundane. It's not just to be here and exist and just live from day to day. God's plan for you is so specific. Last week we talked about, we spoke about the fingerprint and how each and every one of us that is 7.7 billion people that exist on the planet Earth today. 
and each and every one of us has a different fingerprint. There is no duplication. And all of the billions of people, think about the billions of people that have already died from the beginning of time with Adam till now. This print on your finger has never been duplicated. Billions of people that have existed does not have the print that you have. The billions of people that exist now does not have the fingerprint that you have. The billions of people that have yet to be born does not have the fingerprint that you have. If God can be so specific about a fingerprint, how much more your purpose? If God, if God is, is powerful enough to not duplicate your fingerprint, why would he duplicate your purpose? Why would he put you here to be here? Why would he put you to be here to do something that somebody else is already here to do? So what God has for you to do is specific. Say, what God has for me to do is specific. Say it again. For what God has for me to do is specific. One more time. What God has for me to do is specific. So God's plan for you is specific. He has ordained you to do something. He has ordained you not only to do something, but to do that something somewhere. And not only has he ordained you to do that something somewhere, but he has ordained for you to do that something somewhere for and with someone. So God has a specific purpose for you. He has something specific for you to do. He has a place for you to do that thing, and he has people for you to do that thing with and for. The question is, what is that thing that you have planned for me to do? What is that purpose that is in your mind? What is that plan that is in the mind of the architect for me specifically? Why did you put me here? And that's a big question. Because I hear a lot of people talk about from the beginning of time to now, what is the meaning of life? What is the purpose of life? Let's, let's shrink that down a little bit and not make it so big. But what is not, not what is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of my life? Why do you have me here? Because the proof that there's reason for you being here is that you're here. And it's our responsibility, because remember, God is the architect, but we're the builders. He's the one that sets it, but, you know, a, a purpose is determined by God, but discovered by man. i say it again. Purpose is determined by God, so God is the one that determines the purpose, but we're the ones that discover it. We're the ones that seek it out. We're the ones that search it. So we're putting the power back in our hands. You already have the power and the ability to do it. And it doesn't matter what you're good at and what you're not good at. It doesn't matter what your struggles are or what your issues are. Because before your struggles and before your issues, he already had the plan. He already had the plan. It doesn't matter your age. doesn't matter if you're male or female. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter issues, insecurities, frailties, doesn't matter. Handicaps, doesn't matter. Because before we were formed, he had a purpose. Before we came out the womb, he had already given us the power to do what he's called us to do. 
So what is that thing that you plan for me to do? Why did you put me here? And how do I start to build according to your plan for my life? Why don't you stand to your feet? Stand to your feet. I told y'all it was going to be a drive-by. Told y'all it was going to be quick. I want us to ask ourselves these questions. What is the thing that you plan for me to do? Why did you put me here? How do I start to build according to your plan for my life? Because quite frankly, this is why we are here. And when I say we, I mean the church. This is why we are here. This is why the church is here. We are here to direct, uh, we are here to direct others to the original plan of the architect. I was talking to Pastor Andre last week, and I said to him, you know, I'm walking through the neighborhood, and I'm seeing people, and, and I'm just like, I'm trying to figure out what approach God has given me to help others because, you know, for me, it's a little different. And again, because we all have a specific purpose, so it's easy for me to just go up to somebody and say, Jesus loves you, and then walk away. And I did my religious duty for the day. I told him Jesus loves him. That's it. But what is it, what is it that... How do you want me to approach? What is it that you want me to say to people? And he's like, this is why we're here. We're here to direct people to the original plan of the architect. We're here to give people direction. We're here to direct. This is why we come to church. Our pastors are the general contractors, and they're employed by God. They help direct and bring clarity about the plans. This is why we're here. We're here to help direct and bring clarity of the plan. So we see people, you know, outside on the street and it's like, man, like. This is post-birth. Your struggle and your issue, you might be on the street, but that's not even, that, that's not the original plan that he had for you. I don't even know how you ended up here on the street, but that's not the original plan that he had for you. Before you ended up where you are, God had a plan. Before you were born, God had a plan. So now this is, this is as, I, as I'm walking the street and I'm seeing people and God is helping me on how to, how to help others. It's about helping others find the original plan. Our pastors are here to be the general contractors employed by God. And they help direct and bring clarity about the plans for our lives. Sundays are supposed to be clarifying. This is why we come to church on Sunday, to get clarity on the plans. Right? It's a, it's a, it is a mind shift. We got to shift the way that we think. We come here on Sundays for clarity. God, okay, I'm coming on Sunday because I need some more clarity. I need some more clarity about the plans that you have for my life. Fellowships are meant to bring clarity. Clarity on the plan, clarity on the purpose, and clarity on the promises that God has for us. We come here to get clarity on why we are here and what we're supposed to be doing. We come here to get clarity on the plans that God has for our lives. Father, today I pray in Jesus' name, God, that you would give us clarity. Father, I pray today, God, that you would help us to remind, help us to remember that 
before we were born, before we were formed, God, you sanctified us. You had already set us apart with a specific purpose. God, before we were even birthed out of the womb of our mother, God, you ordained us and you gave us everything that we needed to fulfill your plan. Father, I pray today, God, that you would continue to bring clarity, God, as we come on Sundays, Lord God, as we spend our personal time with you. God, continue to give us clarity. Continue to clarify your plans for our lives. Continue to make it known to us, God, what you have put us here to do as we ask the question. Father, I sincerely believe that when we ask the right questions, you will give us the right answers. So, Father, as we ask, God, why am I here? What did you put me here to do, God? What are your plans for our lives, God? We pray, God, that through the word and through prayer and through fellowship, Lord God, and through coming to church on Sundays and serving, God, that you will continue to unravel the plan, that you will continue to make clear the plan. God, and even as you make the plan clear, God, help us to do the same thing for others that you do for us. As you begin to make your plan for our lives and your will for our lives clear, help us to now go out into the street and do the same thing for others. As we see people lost, God, help us to identify with that feeling of being lost. Help us to identify with that feeling of being frustrated. Help us to identify with that feeling of being aggravated because we don't know why we are here. And as we begin to identify with that feeling, God, anoint us like you have already anointed us, God. You've already given us the power to do the work. Father, we pray today, God, that you would continue to anoint each and every person that is in this room today. From the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet. God, that as they live and as they pray and as they read and as they, as they get closer to you, God, that you would begin, Lord God, to change the way that we think, to change the way that we see the word, to change the way that we see ourselves. God, we activate purpose today in the name of Jesus. We activate purpose in each and every life, in each and every heart. We activate purpose right now in Jesus' name. Father, you said that you've already sanctified us and ordained us. So, Father, we activate that purpose now. We activate that purpose right now in Jesus' name. We pray that your spirit, God, would go now to the root and to the center of our hearts and activate purpose, activate desire, activate hunger, Lord God, to know you, to do more, God. Activate that purpose. God, that we might find purpose, that we might find relevance in the world that we live in today. We thank you for this, God. And we thank you for what you're doing in us. We thank you for the work that you've begun in us. We thank you for the work that you've begun in us. Continue the work. Continue to work in us, God. Continue to work in us. God, some of us are feeling, God, that you are working in us. Some of us know that you're beginning to work in us, God. Help us to continue to yield to that work. Help us to continue to yield to your hand as you work on us, as you work in us so you can work through us. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. See, some of us, I want to say this, some of us feel, some of us feel some things happening in our lives, and that's really the hand of God working. That's really the hand of God working inside of us. I'm telling you, God has amazing plans for each and every person in this room. And I'm not just saying it because I don't like to waste my breath. I don't like to waste my words. But God has an amazing plan for each and every person in this room. 
And my prayer is that as you feel that thing, as you feel God working, as you feel him moving, as you feel him pulling you close, that you would just yield to it and say, God, okay, what is it that you put me here to do? Let that be your prayer this week. God, what did you put me here to do? God, what did you put me here to do? Where, where do you want me to work? Where do you want me to put my hands? Who is it that you have called me to minister to? Because each and every one of us has a people, has a person that God has called us to minister to. Each and every one of us. I tell you something that's amazing. Richie ministers to me. Richie ministers to me. Every time I see him come into the room, he reminds me of the joy of the Lord. He reminds me of what God can do. He reminds me. He reminds me. That's why I love Richie so much because he ministers to me. He reminds me of the simplicity of life. Sometimes we complicate things so much. And he reminds me of my brother. So my brother might not be here today, but every time I see him, I see my brother Randy. Richie has an, an assignment. He ministers to me on Sundays when I see him. So each and every, and I, and I want to make this so clear, and I want to make it so simple. We all have a purpose, and God knows what that purpose is. But we can only get it from him. We can only get it from God. We can only get it from God. So I encourage you today to begin to ask God, what is my purpose? Why am I here? We know a part of our purpose is to be a part of RCC, amen? A part of our purpose is to serve here. And for some of us, this is just a starting place because we might not know, okay, I'm here, okay, I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, what, what else do I do? Okay, so then we go to the growth track, because the growth track is a part of what helps us to discover purpose, right? And it's not only personal purpose, but our purpose as a church. What did God sanctify our church for? What did God ordain our church to do? Where did he ordain for us to be? Who did he ordain for us to minister to? Because we have a personal purpose, but we have a purpose as a church as well. So whether you know your personal purpose and don't know your, the purpose of you being here at RCC or whether you're learning your purpose here at RCC is going to help you learn why you're here personally. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless. Let's just lift those hands up for a moment. Come on, just lift those hands up. Come on, don't sit down too fast. Don't sit down too fast. Not too fast. Come on. Come on, let's just lift those hands up and just give God some glory and praise. Come on, the switch is being cut on today. Just lower it. Just lower the music for me a little bit. Just lower it for me. I just want you to lift those hands up real quickly. And Rob, just sing a couple of verses of what I called, he answered and came to my rescue. Listen, while Pastor Rick was teaching today, man, what an awesome anointing, what an awesome word. And I, when I was standing there in my seat, I just kept hearing the Holy Spirit say, I am cutting the switch on today. That some of you have not been able to find or discover your purpose. But there is an anointing in here. Some of you are just existing from day to day, moment to moment, 
getting up, doing the same thing over and over again. But he said today, there's an anointing that as you worship just for these couple of minutes, that God is going to cut on your purpose. Come on. It's, it's like a switch just going to cut on. It's there, and the enemy has been blinding some of you from it. He's been frustrating you where you are, some of you. And even as you worship today, just for a couple of minutes, he says that strongholds are going to be broken off of your life. I kept hearing the Holy Spirit say strongholds. I am breaking strongholds. Next week, I'm going to be talking about strongholds. I just felt the Holy Spirit talking about I was standing there. He said, I want you to talk about strongholds next week because some people have generational curses, generational strongholds that have keeping you depression, oppression. He said, but today, there's an anointing that is in this place that is here to set you free and to deliver you. And I'm telling you, God said his plan is going to supersede the plan that the enemy has had for you. Come on. The enemy has a plan, but God's plan is better. God's plan is stronger. I wish I had some church people in today. God's plan is better and stronger, and it's going to prevail in your life today. And this week, you're going to begin to feel, let's say the Holy Ghost, you're going to begin to feel the turning of God's plan in your spirit, man, starting today. Even tonight as you sleep, say the Holy Ghost, I'm going to begin turning the plan, turning the plan, turning the plan. I'm exposing you to people who are part of God's plan. He said, this week, I'm beginning to expose you to people that are a part of his plan, say the Holy Ghost. I want you to lift those hands up and just begin to ask God, God, let me see your plan. Not my plan. Let me see your plan. Give me strength to walk in your plan. Help me to be in your plan. Help me to walk in your plan. God, I don't want to be in my own will. Not my will, but your will be done. Come on, church. Begin to tell them. Begin to tell them. Begin to open your mouth and tell them. Come on, tell them. I called. You answered. And you came my rescue and I wanna be where you are come on is that anybody's prayer today come on is anybody's prayer come on I called you answered and you came to my rescue and I Wanna be with you? Come on, make that your prayer today. Make that your prayer today. Come on, make that your prayer today. Come on, make that your prayer today. You answer, and you came to my rescue, and you came to my rescue, and I wanna be with. your hands. God is doing something in your life today. Come on, he's doing something in your life today. Come on, he's doing something. Be lifted high in our world. Our world. Be lifted high our love. Be lifted high. Come on, lift him high. Come on, lift him high. Be lifted high. Be lifted high. Our world. Our world. 
come on. Be lifted high. And I love. Be lifted high. Come on. Be lifted high. When I called, come on. I called, you answered, and you came to my rescue, and you came to my rescue, and I want to be where you are. Come on, can we say that one more time? Does anybody have that? I call, I call. Father, we just praise you today, God. Thank you for your people today. Let them go home with the presence of the Lord on their lives today. Let the presence of the Lord that makes the difference be on their life. And we're here just to give you praise. Where you are. It's where you are. Want to be where you are. Want to be with you. Want to be with you. Come on, if you love him, come on, clap those hands one more time and give Jesus. Come on, give Jesus one more shout of praise. Come on, give him a shout. Come on, now while you're clapping, open your mouth and tell him he's worthy. Come on, he's worthy to be praised. As you sit down, give two people a high five and say, God is worthy of your praise. Come on. Uh, and you came to my rescue and I want to be where. That's all right, Richie. Where you are. Listen, real quickly, we want to give you a Richie got a praise. He couldn't get that out. He, had to, he was waiting for that moment to... He had, he had to get that out. You know, he was just waiting. You came to my rescue and I want to be where you are. Come on, Pastor Rick to the drive-by. Y'all can worship for a minute. We got some time. Come on, come on. I call, you answer. And you Rescue and I, man, I wish I had some worshipers. Wanna be where you are? I called you answered, and you came to my rescue and I. Now listen, next week, we're going to have a, 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 a young lady who's coming from New York. She's going to be worshiping with us next week. So you better bring your worship stuff on because she knows how to bring us into the presence of the Lord. So bring somebody with you next week. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to start. See, I got to get y'all spirits ready before I start bringing people in here. Y'all got to know how to praise and worship. 
I got, I got a long list, but I'm trying to get y'all ready for the list. Come on, y'all can't worship me. I can't be break. Thank you. Come on, I got to get y'all ready for the list. Bring it in. I got to get y'all ready for the list. Pastor Rick can tell you, I got people always calling. I want to come I want to come do some preaching. I got to get y'all ready for the list. Y'all got to get ready. Y'all ready for the list? Y'all ready? Then they said, we ready. We ready. We ready. So we're going to start introducing some people and bringing them in here. It's going to be a blessing. I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. Some people you're going to know that's famous, some people you ain't going to know, but it's going to be awesome, I promise you. Listen, real quickly before we get ready to dismiss you, get your seat ready. If it's your first time here, feel no pressure to give. We always, uh, we're just glad that you came to fellowship with us today. But if you want to be a blessing, you can. Brother Ben's hand out some envelopes. Some of you may give by app. You can download the app. Uh, if you go to the app store, RCC Philly, it's right there. Uh, if you want an envelope and you're old school like me, you can do a, a check or cash. Some people still use cash, which is fine. We'll take cash. It works. But we're so glad that you are here today. And every penny that you give goes back into the soil of RCC. Amen? How many people know and believe that RCC is some good soil? It's good soil. Come on, it's good soil. It's good soil. And so we're so glad that you do not think it robbery to, to be a blessing. It's fertile soil. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. Rob said it's fertile. I called. You answered. And you came to my rescue. And I want to be where you are. Listen, while you're getting your seed together, uh, we have Peter who's here with us. And Peter, just come up for one second. Uh, some of you know Peter, some of you don't know Peter. Peter is uh, from London, but he's been here in New York. For how long you been in New York? 10 years? 11 years? He came on a missionary trip, and he's been here 11 It was supposed to be a short trip, and he's still here. Uh, so uh, there's some work that we're going to be meeting with today to get done in the city of Philadelphia for our youth, for our kids. Um, and Pastor Rick and I, a couple of years ago, went down to Metro Ministries in New York City, Brooklyn, uh, to see what Peter does. And man, I'm talking about thousands of kids on a weekly basis are touched throughout the city and around the world every single week, every single week. And uh, how many people know there's some kids in Philly that need to be touched, all, all four corners, Amen. right? Especially during the summertime when they have nothing to do. Right, and there's trouble looking for them. So, uh, Peter, just, just tell them two minutes about what you do over in at Metro and what God has in your heart. Don't preach, okay? Just two minutes, all right? I, I know my assignment not to preach. Um, <laughs> good job, great job. Uh, I um, just that one verse, Jeremiah one five. Thank you. Confirmation. Um, so, um, 2007, I left um, the United Kingdom. I'd finished Bible college, um, and I came to New York. Um, uh, 2008 um, to do the internship at Metro World Child. Um, uh, when I came, I went to the Bronx. I was in Queens. I was in uh, Brooklyn. Um, and what we do there is that we take the church outside of the four walls and we bring the church to where the 